Fair play and fair value. It's what playing at William Hill is all about. William Hill. It's who you play with. Gamble responsibly. Hey, this is U.S. Men's National Team defender Chris Richards wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays from the Rank Squad. It was the night before Christmas, and all round the earth, the Rank Squad were dreaming of football's rebirth of packed out stadiums, of crowds back roaring, of European finals and international touring, of watching screamers curl into top bins, of hammering your rivals and last gasp wins, of the smell of burgers hanging in the crisp air, of telling your mates, I know, I was there, of early mornings crammed into a bar across countries and continents, whether near or far, of being with others, of sharing the pain, of wondering if your team will ever win again, of love and torment in your heart and your mouth, of the anguish as a lead very quickly goes south, of a half-time pint and a new player's new song, of singing your heart out to drive your team on. There's a lot that we miss day after day, and the good times are coming back soon, so we pray. So upon this Christmas, as rolls the tumbleweed across the stands we once stood on, whisper, we believe. That the moments that we live for will return in 21, and the fan bases we're part of will again stand as one. That our voices will again ring round the grounds around the world, and our flags and hearts and banners will once again be unfurled. That early trains will be filled again by the sounds of opening cans, and that the players will be lifted by the backing from the stands. So happy Christmas, Rank Squad. I wish you happiness and the crack. And set your eyes to the horizon. Soon football will be back. And I hope that this festive period is one that brings you plenty of peace, joy and loads of footballing fun. My name is Jack Collins and I will be your host today. And joining me as ever, Mr. Sam Tai. Happy holidays, Rank Squad. And Mr. Dean Jones. Hello, mate. Thank you. That makes me happy. That makes me happy, Dean. (laughs) Um, we are not going to do things we love because we've actually got a lot of festive things to be getting on with this week. So we're going straight into a, a big ranking this week. And I'm pretty excited about this one. Sam, you are this week being Santa Claus. Uh, you are giving out Christmas presents to the clubs that need them most. And ah, oh, just I can't wait to get into this. Yes. Um, the season of giving, season of cheer, uh, season of festivity. So I'm just going to do a couple of clubs couple of big favours. I've selected some major clubs around European football who quite clearly very badly need a player of a certain description. I've decided to consult with my army of elves. That's you two. And uh, is this a joke on our height again? It might be something to do with that. Although to be fair, I am am going to ask for your assistance in in finalising the present. Uh, So we're going to start with Arsenal. And it's something we talked about on Monday with Arsenal really badly needing a creative player. And we came to the kind of conclusion on, on Monday's Patreon show that Papu Gomez would actually be a really nice fit because Papu Gomez has asked to leave Atalanta. And given his age, he's probably not going to be moving up in the world. He's probably going to have to take a sideways or slightly downward move. And he would Oof. probably be an immediate tonic to their creative issues. Um, but I think probably Arsenal's transfer strategy may be you know, it probably should be a little bit more long-term than that. So what are Arsenal looking for here? Are they looking for a number 10? Are they looking for a number eight? Are they looking for any kind of creator? Is it a winger? Look, Arteta, I don't know what Arteta is going to do with this formation. So there's your first first question. What does he want to do? So I think the safest thing you could do is buy 
a player who was kind of like a number eight slash number 10, a player that can play in a 4-3-3 or as a number 10 and basically occupy the, either of those two roles because then he can be kind of relevant regardless of what Arteta or maybe the next coach wants to do. But we do know that they need a creative body in there because they're too workmanlike and they're too stodgy and they don't create enough and they don't take enough risks. So the shortlist I came up with, my dear elves, Papu Gomez was on it. Christian Eriksen was on it. Isco is on it. Emi Buendia is there. And then the two I think are probably... Actually, no, let's say Buendia is... I think he's a very good shout here. Rodrigo de Paul from Udinese is a really good shout. Yeah. And Zielinski I popped in on the end as well, just on the off chance that someone might like it. But I need your help here. What Poor do we players. like here? Why are you sending... Poor Rodrigo de Paul. So this is what... Be going so, there, does well, he? that's the thing. I started thinking about all the good players and, you know, you've got like Marcel Savitzer and players like that. And I was like, eh, they're not going to go to Arsenal. So... This is yeah. the bucket they're shopping from, my friend. And, you know, even Ericsson or Isco might seem completely out of range for them at this point. I don't point. think either of those players have had any interest at all in going to Arsenal. Do you think yeah. there's, there's a level this to this that we're, we're kind of over, overbearing know, on yeah. what, it, what it is right now as opposed to what it could be and what the club represents? And also, you're just giving out presents, right? Is this an ideal scenario or is this a realistic one, Samta? I mean, Santa's got a budget. He's got to follow it. You know, it's not a case of, you know, it's a tough year for everybody. You, you know, know. Santa doesn't have the budget to be whacking out presents that are too expensive for the clubs they deserve. I think, yeah, I think the weekly wage has to be taken into account here. I can't foot the bill all year, all year long. Um, I think the best options here are Emi Buendia, who is in the championship, so is obviously attainable in Norwich, despite the fact that they're they're, they're looking very strong for a promotion push, and losing Buendia would would hurt them because he's so creative. Um, I think they'd sell because Norwich always sell. And Wendia has the pressing instincts and that off-the-ball work rate that you really want, having worked, having, having played for Norwich over the last couple of years in, in, in Daniel Farker's system. Um, and he's very, very creative. Very good. I see, I see him as quite like a Juan Mata-style player, good at holding possession in the final third, but good with the killer balls as well. Or Rodrigo de Paul, who is someone who has already got experience of taking almost com the complete creative onus onto his own shoulders in a team that is pretty rubbish in Udinese and has been for the last couple of years. He's like a one-man crusade in doing what's, doing what's need to be done to save them from relegation. And I think he deserves a break from that. I was really excited to see him linked to Leeds in the summer. I thought that would be a really nice fit under Bielsa. And I think he'd be a nice short-term pickup, but he's only 26. So he'd give you, give you at least four years at the top level for Arsenal as well. So I'd like to narrow it down to those two. Um, Wendy, uh, I always look at Wendy, and this time of year, especially, I think last December, Wendy created 29 chances in a month, which I think remains the highest ever in a calendar month in Premier League history, which is, which is pretty mental. He, you know, it's just one of those players that I'm so surprised is still in the championship. And look, it's great for Norwich. I'm not, I'm not trying to knock it and be like, it's nothing. And there is this kind of element where I think in an interview about a month ago, he said it would be really good for me to get Norwich back to the Premier League. And it, it almost felt from the interview, he was saying that he feels like he almost owes Norwich for the chance to play Premier League football last season. And, but I, I do think that he would be a perfect fit. I found out this week that Emmy Wendier is rated 81 on, on FIFA. Um, which is fine, but he's rated five better than Andre Frank Zambo Anguisa, which I think is an absolute disgrace. Um, and but but aside from that, uh, I think he would be a, a perfect fit. He, he's able to play wide. He's able to play through the middle. Is you know someone that can can shift positions to 
to work it out and has Premier League experience, which you know I think is overrated sometimes in, in what it brings to a team. You know, a good player is a good player, but at the same time, someone that will be able to slot in reasonably seamlessly is probably something that Arsenal really need at this point. So I would edge towards Buendia if I was if I was the Arsenal board, Sam. I think the Premier League experience thing comes into play more heavily when it's January and you're looking for an, an early impact, as you say. I think that's a good point. So I think we might be on Buendia, Dean, unless you've got something to say. No, I think that makes a lot of sense, to be honest. I think it would be one they could actually get through the door. I think it um, would be an upgrade or anything else they've got. And he would be motivated to actually prove himself on this stage, which is definitely something that Arsenal need right now. So, yeah, I'm into that. All right. Well, I've donned my Samta hat and I have left an, an Emmy Buendia-sized present under Mikel Arteta's tree. Jesus, uh, Mikel Arteta needs all the presents and help he can get at the moment. It's just, it just feels so dark in, in, in the land of Arsenal. Um, that, he smashed that com- his tree up the other day. It's actually on the floor, so you need to pick the tree up before you put the presents under it. I just wanted to talk about that interview, Sam, quickly before we move on. One of the strangest things I've seen in a long time, and it is, it's a worry, really, because it's not so much the actual stats. The stats are good. If they're right, then that's fine. Like it, But if you start talking in a way that alienates your fan base, you're in trouble already, right? Yeah, he's talking about, for those that haven't seen, he was talking about percentage chances of winning games. He's like, oh, we won this game and we only had like a, a 7% chance of winning it. And then we lost this one where we had an 8% chance of losing that one. And it's just immediately these are... These are obviously advanced statistics that, you know, whatever their internal analytics department have come up with, that's what they've come up with. But you can't go around repeating that stuff. It's so subjective (laughs) and so intense and so alienating, as you say. If you start talking in the language that the fans are like, this doesn't make any sense to me, they just just gravitate away from you. This doesn't work. I said on Twitter, this has got a big Bob Bradley energy to it. Um, or the Brad yeah. Bobley energy, as we may may have to call it, because in Swansea, he alienated everybody by talking in a way that just didn't make sense. And the cost is often your job if you start mm. doing this, because it makes you look like like a crackpot. Yeah, I've said before that like Arteta's not in danger. Well, he will be if he carries on talking gibberish. Um, That's my job. Know, we, we started off with the whole 44 crosses, and he's, he's literally sat there with a, a tally chart of how many crosses they've flung in the book, so he can... He can name that in his uh, press conference after the game. And and now we're here where he's given these ridiculous percentages. And already this morning, you know, people are, are going through all the stats and said where they're right and where they're wrong. And you're, this is just a desperate measure. This is a desperate measure. Um, and something you shouldn't really be doing, um, you know, a year into a, a job at one of the biggest clubs in the world, if not one of the best teams in the world. Um, really worrying, but maybe Buendia can help him turn things around. Yeah, a little elf-shaped Emmy Buendia, I'd imagine, would perk things up around the training ground. Who's next, Sam? So we're going to move on to Inter Milan and their need for a creative, or slightly more creative, number eight midfielder. Uh, Basically, let's read this as a midfielder that Antonio Conte is willing to spend time with because it doesn't look like he's particularly happy with quite a lot of his options here. Uh, Christian Eriksen is the player that Reports suggest that they want out of the door. And Dean, uh, I don't know what the situation is. Is it a sell to buy? Ideally, yeah. I mean, they're going to struggle to sell him, I think. But Inter need money. Um, before they can buy anyone, they've got they've got to raise some cash. Um, the talk is that they're going to try and offload Ericsson and Nangalem. And yeah, replace those two with a one. And what have you got? What have you, what are you thinking, Sam? 
Well, if a player is to play central midfield for Conte, and let's bear in mind he's playing a 3-5-2 formation, um, he's probably got Brozovic at the base, he's got Barella doing all the hard yards, and your third player should be more creative. And into this season, despite a decent league position, have shown that when players sit deep against them, they often probably need that player with that, with that vision and that ability to unpick the lock. Um, but also, if you're going to play for Conte, you're going to have to enjoy doing sprint drills. So you're going to have to be a hybrid of, of two different players almost to play this role. Ericsson on paper actually feels really good for this because he played under a pretty heavy pressing system for about three years under Pochettino. He learned to work hard as well as create um, create quite liberally. And you'd think that Ericsson with his long shooting ability, his dual footedness and his vision would actually be quite good for this. But apparently for some reason, I don't know, it just doesn't seem to be working. So we need to find a player who is willing to die on the pitch every game like Barella, like Brozovic, like Lautaro but also offer, little, offer something a little bit different. And the two players that I came up with were the first one was Enoch Mwepu from Salzburg. But I think he's probably maybe more skewed towards a deeper role. And then the other person I, I stumbled across, which I thought was actually kind of perfect, was Carlos Soler. And Ooh. Carlos Soler is, you know, he plays for Valencia. So let's be clear, they'll sell. They'll sell anybody. They'll sell their apart dinner from, lady. Apart from Jose Gaia. Apart from Jose Guy and Yunus Musa, because he's just signed a big new deal. But they'll sell the dinner lady if she's worth enough money, honestly. That that club is is ridiculous. They're having a pretty nothing season. It's it's better than we 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 feared, as in doesn't look like they're gonna get relegated, but they're about eleventh in the table. They're not gonna be playing in European football next year. Valencia are coasting to nothing. So there's no reason for the talented young players to really stick around here. And Carlos Soler has been a, a starter for Valencia for three or four years. He's a really good, nice kind of like wide player, central midfield hybrid. He's moved into the middle full time this year. Good goals and assist production, good ball striking, good vision, very good work rate. Has always played really well. Worked very hard for Marcelino in that flat 4-4-2 they played. So I think Conte would like Carlos Soler. I think Valencia would sell Carlos Soler. And I think he's probably got the right mix of attributes to help Conte's team in a way that they need to. Yeah, I, I like this a lot, Sam. I am. Um, I'm. I'm going to be honest. I was. I was kind of hoping you were going to give me something that I was going to disagree with, so I could. So I could fight you. But um, unfortunately, what you've done there is is pick someone that I completely agree with. And I think it would be a nice thing. I look, Valencia are a strange little club at the moment, aren't they? And and it's a, it's a weird one because there's always this soft spot for Valencia for me because growing up they were. Um, one of the bigger teams in Spain. Obviously, they they had all those sort of famous players. They had that that wicked team that that I loved growing up, and there was a couple of incarnations of it as well. And now to see them in these kind of weird dire straits where they're, you know, sort of being run and and handled in the way that they are is is sad. And I don't want to go back into it completely, but I, I think they would sell Soler, and I think he's he's kind of done his shift in some ways. It feels like he's like he's put in what he can, and his next step is. You know, a strange one that I, I kind of didn't see where his next step would be, but this fits really nicely. And he'd be joining a side who appear to still be on 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 the up, even if it has been a bad start to the season in terms, especially in terms of Europe. Um, but I think he would do a he would do a job there. Mm. I love him. He's such a good player. Um, the one they're actually linked with is uh, Leandro Paredes um, from PSG because there's there's a possibility I think that they those two Ericsson and Paredes could be looking towards a swap deal if it if it's felt to be beneficial um to Conte and that's the name that um Gazetta anyway are, are mentioning as the potential of a swap deal on Paredes comes in uh what do you think of that sir well I like Paredes but he's a very different player isn't he I yeah. mean he's he's a he's a tough tackling 
uh, hard-nosed Argentine number six. He has a lovely passing range, but from a from a deeper position. He is a deep-lying playmaker um, and a ball winner from a deeper position. He is a he's an in my opinion he is a number six. You think Inter have got enough of those? So Inter, I, yeah, I mean, it depends really. I mean, maybe he wants to unleash Brozovic a bit further forward as a box-to-box. Um, I still don't uh, think that solves your creativity issue. No, though. I don't think it does. I, I don't. I mean, for, from PSG's perspective, that's I think that's a really nice move, particularly since they now have Daniele Pereira around, they have Verratti, and they have Marquinhos all in the holding area. You could sacrifice Paredes and you could pick pick up your creativity levels a little bit. I think from PSG's perspective, that's a win. I don't think it necessarily does enter that many favours. Although I like Paredes as a player, it's about need and fit. Yeah. I mean, mm. obviously, the question is, where does all this leave Stefano Sensi? Which I was just literally looking this up and thinking, what's happened to Sensi? Well, he had an in- he had a quite like a horrible injury through most of November. Um, he returned from that, and he's sort of just sort Back of featuring. Kind of now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he he's featuring in well, he's featured in the last three games, which incidentally have coincided with three wins. Uh, for, for for Inter Milan. <laughs> so uh, I mean, I, I read into that whatever you like, but uh, I'm just looking at this. I actually. Every game he's played, they've they've won like seven of them, and they've drawn one. Um, um, I mean, look, you can you can take from that what you will, but uh, <laughs> but I think it's um, it's important to remember that when Stefano Sensi plays, Inter Milan tend to win, and uh, Conte would do well to remember that, even with his new even with his new Christmas presents. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave Carlos Soler under the tree for him anyway, yeah, nice. but I'll leave a little note as well. Just to, it just says play Sensi. Yeah, well, here's Carlos Soler, red shirt him for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> we love Sensi, play Sensi. Okay, right, my final one, and it's the biggest need that I can think of, and it's the one we always talk about. It's Manchester United and their quest for a viable number six. And if anything, so anything, you know, this weekend only confirmed this because you look at what Scott McTominay can do when he's playing in a more unleashed box-to-box role, when he's allowed to get ahead of the ball, make make the, make the runs from deep, get into the box and get into shooting shooting opportunities. Like Scott McTominay is a, is a serious physical force when he gets going. And if you unleash him and allow him to, ru- to run forward, he could do good things. And we also definitely know that there's not a single player on this Manchester United team except for Nemanja Matic, whose legs unfortunately do do look like they've gone. And most of the time, it looks like he's about 40 years of age when he plays. No one can really play this number six role, this 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 sort of more conservative sitting role, the, the Hoybier role that, asked, uh, that Tottenham have got so right this season. They don't really have a player that's suited for that. So we need to find them that player to allow all the other players to sing. I mean, it could even, it could get you Donny van der Beek in the lineup. It could get you Bruno Fernandes and even free a role. It could do so much for you across the across the squad. So my little shortlist here, it started with Kavavinga, but I think that's probably out of the question. I think he feels like, um, well, I spoke to one of the L's and he's already been packaged up. He's being sent to Florentino Perez in the summer. So <laughs> I can't do anything about that. That that package has already been shipped. Oh. The, other, the other names... It depends how much you want to spend. Calvin Phillips is perfect for it. Declan Rice is probably perfect for it. But again, I spoke to the elves. Calvin Phillips can't join Man United. You can't cross the divide. You can't do that. No, no, okay. Yes, Alan Smith did it once, but yeah. So I've had a a warning from local government. That would cause a war. Um, (laughs) So we're not doing that. And Rice actually has been reserved for a different club in in London. So we're going to have to leave that one by its side as well. Yes, Fulham. To replace replace Anguisa when he goes to Real Madrid. I don't don't want Declan Rice at Fulham. Leave me alone. We can just fill in at centre-back every now and then. 
So that leaves us with two really viable options here. And we've discussed them briefly, I think, at different points on this show. The first is Dennis Zachariah at Borussia Mönchengladbach, who is absolutely fantastic. He is a physical force. He is quick, strong, big. He's everything you'd want. He is positionally very sensible. He can track runners properly. He's tough in the tackle, but he can also surge forward. He is very much your Andre Frank Zambo and Gisa style player. Um, and we've also got Ease Basuma from Brighton, mm. who I also think is probably quite a nice fit for this. If you restricted his role a little bit, I think he's probably got the discipline to carry out what needs to be done. Both of these players are able to express themselves and open up and move forward with the ball, but you don't have to limit them solely to holding. You just need someone sensible enough and capable to sit in there and actually do this job. And I think both of these players have got the metal to do it. So I'll throw Samta, it to the floor. Samta, can, can an elf throw a suggestion into the ring? Uh-huh. Tay and Coop Miners. Oh, yeah, I haven't really seen him play, but it sounds like a good fit. Um, I think Tay and Coop Miners would really fit. I think he'd like... I don't know also, who he plays for, him, is he? He plays for AZ Alkmaar, oh, um, and he's excellent. He's really, really, really excellent. And he sort of likes to drift into the kind of left centre of that midfield and hold, which would allow... Harry Maguire to go striding out of defence in, mm. in a way that we haven't seen too much this year and I think would fit. And also, it's it kind of... Uh, there's a problem here with the, with the six debate at United, I think, because what you really want a six to do is sit in so that you can split your centre-backs and send your, your full-backs bombing forward, right? But when one of your full-backs is Aaron Wan-Bissaka, you don't actually really want to do that on the right-hand side. You don't really want to send Aaron Wan-Bissaka surging into the opposition half. Um, yes, fair enough. You want an Alex Tellish or or Luke Shaw to, to push forward and, and, and get into that road. But I don't think you want that on the right-hand side. And actually, that's where I think Coop Miners might fit best because his little drop into the, into the left left channel allows Maguire to go striding and maybe allows Wambasaka to tuck in and, and keeps you with that thing while you're allowed to, a player to, to hit their stride rather than someone who you don't necessarily want forced up the pitch. And... I don't know. It's just something that I think fits. And I like Coop Miners a lot. And I think he would walk into this United side. I, I, I think it sounds, that sounds great. I just, I don't think I've seen him play. And can Santa really hand out a player that he's never seen play? That's the no. tough one, isn't it? But it does, what you say, everything you say makes perfect sense. Um, having someone sit into that little channel and just just protect and have, the, have it all shift around. That would be very nice. I mean, look, Santa's nothing if you can't trust his elves. I mean, the whole, no, I, the other, the whole the empire is, is built on on the on the on the work of the elves. He trusts his elves implicitly. We'll leave Tay and Coop miners under Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's tree this Christmas. This is a big statement of, of faith here. I appreciate it. Wow, that is huge. I mean, the reason I'd be worried is because they just got someone from Eredivisie, <laughs> <laughs> and he was one of the best players in Eredivisie. And uh, we've got to buy another one to make the other one work properly. Maybe he needs another one to make the other one happy. Yeah. This is they work. They'll buy Tay. You'll give them Tay and Coop Miners, and he'll just be left on the bench while the Manu Matic plays 90 minutes every single week. And that yeah. would be the uh, that would be this the is very left field. I mean, United, I get so many messages from United fans asking me about Zachariah and like, is it happening? When's it happening? Can it happen? Blah blah blah. So they'll be a little bit upset, I think, to hear that he's not been left under the tree. Is there any sort of Pipes in this, Dean. Is there any suggestion that United are going to try and buy a six in January? No. None at all? No, none. No, they don't need to buy one because they've been given one by Santa. <laughs> no, they don't. Because they've the problem is they're still going to have Pogba 
It's still, he's still going to be there in January. Like the chances of getting rid of Pogba in January are so small, and they can't really bring in any more midfielders until one's gone. I mean, they'll get rid of Jesse Lingard. Like that, that spot will be gone. But like Jesse Lingard barely counts as a player at the moment. So where's he um, going for them? No, I don't think we want a Jesse Lingard, actually. We Thanks really so much. We don't need a Jesse Lingard. We've already got a Loftus cheek. We don't need a Jesse Lingard. We'd, we'd like a Divock Origi at Fulham, actually. Yeah, Thanks I would very much. That, yeah. That's what we that's what we're after. A Divock Origi to, to be a to be a channel runner and playing two up front. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Welcome to Fulhamish. Yeah, exactly. That'll be um <laughs> that'd be nice. Uh, Sam, have you got any other gifts to give to other clubs? I know there's there's a there's a lot of clubs that are looking for things this Christmas. Yes, well, obviously, with social distancing and the reduced workforce in the factory, we were not able to to create as much as we usually do, not able to supply as many gifts. So we are limited to those three major gifts. We do have some little ones, though, that we're able to rustle up. Faster fans, they would like a new president. Um, I'm going to give them a new president, but unfortunately, it's me. So when you walk in on Christmas morning and you look under your tree, I'm there. Unlucky, but enjoy it. Um, I mean, to be fair, they will get a new president from you. It just won't come till March. It's like a really reduced UPS delivery rate. It's a slight (laughs) delay, but don't worry, it's coming. Um, I'm going to gift Antonio Conte some Xanax because he needs to calm down. I'm going to give Kingsley Coman some new ankle tendons, which might allow him to reach his full potential. And I'm going to give new Dortmund coach Edin Terzic a nice shiny new tool set, just in case he needs to tighten any of those bolts or screws in Erling Haaland's mainframe to ensure a red hot return in January. Because my God, does Terzic need Erling Haaland to come back firing? Yeah, he does. It's um, it's a good list. list. Well done. Uh, You've done you've done yourself proud there, Samter, and uh, I think it's been it's been lots of fun. It has been fun. Yes, I'll be I'll be here uh, same time next year. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, after the break, we're going to move things on to some festivities where we look at things in a slightly more Christmassy light. Don't go anywhere. Fair play and fair value. It's what playing at William Hill is all about. William Hill. It's who you play with. Gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Ranks FC, and it's time for us to get really into this festive spirit. A few of our patrons asked Christmas-related questions on our Postbox episode on Monday, and we saved them because we thought they were worthy of the big main episode. And the first up, this is a big question, boys, so it's got six parts. Um, Who was it from? It's from Ed Jackson, and Ed Jackson says... He's hardcore, by the way. He, the amount of questions he sent in on Patreon is unreal. I think he saves them up all week. We love Ed. It's yeah. Christmas time. Imagine a world where you can invite a few footballers, past or present, over for Christmas, right? So here are the five categories. Who's cooking? Who's not cooking? Who provides the entertainment? Who do you want by your side in a snowball fight? And who tells jokes worse than those in a cracker? So we'll start, <laughs> with, we'll start with the cooking. Who's cooking and who's not cooking? Dean, let's, let's get you started. My cook for Christmas is Virgil van Dijk. Because, Why? because I remember, there's two reasons. The first part is I remember reading an interview and he talked about how he used to work in his uncle's restaurant when he was a kid. Now, I think he only was like washing the pots and pans, but he's got, re- he's got experience in a restaurant, right? So he's, he's, he understands <laughs> the pressure that you're under in these situations. And the other side of this is Virgil van Dijk's got loads of time on his hands right now, right? 
He's got plenty of time to do all the food prep. There's absolutely no reason why this Christmas dinner would not be absolutely perfect. And it will smell really good around the place, won't it? Because we all know DVD <laughs> loves a bit of spray. Awesome. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Very good. Sam? Yeah, so I've, t- I've actually invited Tim Ream to cook. Um, the logic being that I would be doing anything else at Christmas. uh, The logic was that I would choose an American because given Thanksgiving is so serious, it's pretty likely that an American will know their way around a proper big Christmas style meal. And so what I did was I decided to ask Chris Richards, which of the U S men's national teams house he would go to if he had to choose one for a Christmas dinner. (laughs) And he said, I quote, Tim Ream, he's a father. So he must've learned to cook at some point so that his kids don't starve. So, Tim wow. Ream, you're invited I, to cook my turkey and, well, the rest of the dinner as well, of course. I'll give you a clue. I'm a father. Could I cook a Christmas dinner? No, not a single chance. <laughs> what, what does happen to your house at Christmas, Dean? Are you, are you, like, absolutely incapable? Neither me nor Taylor has ever cooked a roast dinner of any type. Just no interest. There is a very good chance that we're going to be getting, like, takeout. It's, Cooking's um, fine, like general cooking, like we can do a few bits. Our favourite thing, which will be actually Christmassy, is to get Brussels sprouts, cut them up into halves, maybe even quarters, and then you spread them out in the pan. You cover them in oil, you cover them in salt, pepper, and a bit of chi- few chilli flakes, and then throw some parmesan at the end. You cook the life out of them, they taste really good. Once all that Brussels flavour is gone and all you can taste <laughs> is the crispiness of the Brussels. Just, really good. That's my big recommendation. Cheese, salt, pepper and chilli flakes there <laughs> on a burnt carcass. It's love it. Really, Sam, you'd love it, mate. I'm yeah, sure it does sound like it's basically I mean, crisps. Dean, who's, who's not cooking apart from you? <laughs> oh, mate, well, yeah, I'm definitely not cooking. And neither is Hector Bellerin. The bloke cannot even take a throw in. How can you trust him with a turkey in a hot oven? You can't, can you? You cannot. But you do um, want him round for your house for Christmas. Yeah, I'd have him round because, you know, it'd be banter, wouldn't it? Someone to take the mickey out of all day as an obvious jokes. Um, he'd be dressed probably a bit silly as well, wouldn't he? You see how he prances around. He'd, be, he'd, 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 he'd absolutely, gear. he'd dress you under the table, mate. He is, Hector Bay, say what you want about Hector Bayer's throw-ins, but he is one well-dressed man. Mm. Yeah, but I'd still make fun of him all day. And that's what you want, isn't it, at Christmas? You need a, a figure of fun that you can um, just use as, you know, someone to... Not enjoy their day, so you can enjoy yours. Someone's a bully. So, which of your children yeah. will fulfil that role in real life this year? Dylan. Yeah. Dylan. Okay. Thoughts with Dylan at this trying Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. It's um, you know, just as he's getting into exactly the right age to be like live. Oh, it's for so Christmas. easy to wind him up. Taylor hates it. But this must be the good. It's a good time for him at Christmas. He must it be like really well obsessed like, with the magic. At the it really is. Like he's so excited. Every morning he wakes up and says, "Is it Christmas Day?" No. <laughs> just, I, even on christmas day you're like nope away i will i will yeah 100 i'll wind him up for at least a few minutes <laughs> sam who's not cooking around your gaff well i mean i took this to be you know they're invited but they're not allowed anywhere near the, the oven and you know someone I'd, I'd absolutely have around my house for christmas any any time is justin cliver because he's cool 
Um, but when we interviewed him, he did say that he was a good cook, but he said that he mostly just eats meat and vegetables and doesn't really doesn't really sort of mix with the carbs. And I'd be very worried about the roast potatoes in that scenario because mm. they are, you know, at least the second most important part of the meal after the meat. And for some people, it is actually the most important part, getting those crispy, fluffy potatoes. So I wouldn't trust Justin Cliver around my carbs. And therefore, he's allowed to come in, but he's not allowed to cook. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of mad. I was thinking about actually having Justin Cliver as my cook. So um, you've, you've really kind of thrown me there. I'd actually, I think, I'd go Daniel Sturridge as my cook. I've decided this. You know, he has oh. a cooking sauce. Yeah. Stir crazy, um, which is which is pretty cool. So that must, yeah. that must mean he, he's half decent random. And again, you know, someone who has a fair bit of free time going on. Um, <laughs> Lots of free time. So, so I think Daniel Sturridge, also I just think he'd enjoy having Sturridge around for Christmas. Yeah. And I reckon he'd, yeah, he'd, be, he'd be decent and he'd pull his weight as well. So, yeah. so that's, um, that's who I'd have cooking. I mean, in terms of, I was thinking about this in, in terms of who you don't want cooking. I was, and, and you look at players who, you know, have, have, have bad hands. I, I thought maybe, you know, it sounds a bit harsh, maybe, but I was thinking about not having Kepper anywhere near the oven. Just like, you can imagine <laughs> roast potatoes on the floor, <laughs> uh, you know, all the, the meat everywhere. It's just, you know, one of those things that you can't really, you can't really have. So uh, so I'm afraid Kepp, I, I'd like to have Kepper around because I think he needs someone to give him a meal and a hug, you know, like, and, and just like really, really make him feel a bit more comfortable. This He'll be getting hammered as well, won't he? He'll get yeah. so drunk. So it's, it's been a tough year for Kepper. So I'd want him around the gaff so that we <laughs> yeah. could try and make things better for him. But I wouldn't be letting him like carry any of the plates or anything. So. Kepper, you know the, the this... pandemic's been the least of his worries, isn't it, Kepper? Like... This speaks volumes, really. Jack is looking to invite Kepper around to his nice warm home at Christmas. Just to just to give put an arm around uh, a man in need shoulder. Dean is looking to vilify and humiliate one guest. <laughs> I'd say that probably about sums you both up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, let, let's move Different on to the next bit of this. It? Yeah, this is it. <laughs> this is the naivety of youth, isn't it? Um, who have you got providing the entertainment? DJ? Jorginho. What? He's going to sit on a stool and play Wonderwall all day on that guitar. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite songs, Jorginho. There you go, mate. Um, I might throw you some of Van Dyke's. Uh, roast potatoes at some point but there you go you just keep playing Wonderwall all day mate. one of my favourite songs he might have a few other Oasis numbers in, in the bag as well you never know uh, maybe I imagine he only knows one though probably um, yeah probably but um, if it's that if that's all I've got then I'll take it I mean you wouldn't be too opposed I'd imagine to hearing Wonderwall on loop um, love, it. love that song who would you have Sam? Uh, entertainment there's only one answer here it's John McGinn uh, a truly lovable and entertaining man. Cheeky grin, great accent, uh, fun and smiley and always grinning. And I reckon he likes it all as well. I reckon he loves the food. He loves the drink. He's Scottish, so obviously he loves the booze. Uh, he loves the board games. He'll play charades and then we'll settle down. We'll watch Die Hard. Am I describing a date? Maybe. But regardless... John McGinn will enjoy every part of Christmas that I enjoy, and that makes good company. And if we're very lucky, he might text his best pal Jack Grealish. He might come over for a sesh as well. Yeah, I was gonna. I was wow. actually going for JG. Um, I had a couple of options here, but I think Jack Grealish on the Christmas sesh would actually be great value, and we could we could finally have the comparing hair off that everybody has <laughs> been waiting for. Like you know, yesterday when you posted on Twitter, Sam, about who was taller between you and you know, and you and Tammy Abraham. Yeah, you know, a lot of people have been asking that question, and I do appreciate that you had to answer that question. But the amount of questions every day I get 
you know, who actually has better hair, you or Jack Grealish, it, it, it's, starting to, it's starting to become overwhelming. So I would like to answer the question, you know, once and for all by, by putting up a Who judges the answer, by the way? Are you asking Daniel Sturridge to be the judge? Yeah, I think Sturridge might have to judge it. Like, it's I not going like to Kepper, is it? Yeah, no, no, no. He's um, Kepper's crying in the corner with his bottle of Rioja. Um, <laughs> but he's, um, you know, I think me and JG would, we, would we, I think we'd be like dual kind of diamonds, dynamos on a, you know, dual eights, actually, if you want, in the, in driving the Christmas sesh. Mm. You know, we'd be, we'd be there absolutely going for it, getting everyone in the in the spirit. Um, a shout out here, though, to, to my second place, uh, Dion Dublin, who I thought would be great crack with the jube, mm. come around with, the, with his jube and, and play that. So, so there was, you know, a nice little special mention for Dion Dublin. And uh, the other person I did consider, which is a bit niche, um, is Gareth Ainsworth, uh, former Wickham QPR, um, also currently Wickham Wanderers manager, but was in, you know, quite a good band. Um, yeah. He's a good singer. Uh, he's a bit of a rock star. You see him wandering around in his leather jacket. And he's that, got to uh, stop wearing that leather jacket. He's too old now. He's starting <laughs> to look a bit silly, like doing post-match interviews in his T-shirt and leather jacket. He must be pushing 50. Like, come on, Gareth. But I reckon he'd be good crack as well. But yeah, no, me and JG are uh, going to be driving the, driving the Christmas session. Two super jacks in one house. I don't know if people could genuinely cope. <laughs> well, hopefully Kevin like can, because otherwise he's... He's in trouble. Ah, Kepa, we're having a great time. It's uh, we're, we're forgetting Kepa's woes. Um, right, who would you want by your side in a snowball fight, Dean? I've gone for a player from the past. His name is Peter Schmeichel. Oh, that man could throw. Um, if he can throw a football <laughs> that far and hard, what could he do with a snowball? He could do some serious damage and he could pick people out from miles away. Um, yeah, Kasper Schmeichel... It's got a good throw, but nowhere near what his dad could do. Um, so, yeah, sorry, Casper. I, I did think about going for a present player, but Peter Schmeichel is just unbeatable when it comes to launching grenades. Um, so, yeah, a snowball in Peter Schmeichel's hand will be lethal. Sam? Yeah, I actually went a similar route with a goalkeeper, but we've employed different tactics. Um, Dean, is, Dean has decided to pick someone who could help him um, on offense, I've decided to employ a blocker on defense. So I've decided to pick someone who has to stand in front of me and shield me. Um, so I don't get hit, but I can hit other people. And I've decided to pick Edward Mendy because he's very long arms. He block yeah. everything. Yeah, no, that's yeah. very good. Um, I've gone down a completely different avenue in that, you know, obviously when you're doing a snowball fight, you want you want to be throwing the snowballs. The bit that's a bit long is like making them, like having to do that. So what I've decided to employ was an engine room, um, and and actually someone we've mentioned has got two mentions on the podcast this week, which has got to be a record for him. Uh, I'm bringing in James McCarthy. You know, oh. again covering ground before and Golo Kante made it cool. Um, and I think that he would really buy into the party spirit that me and Jack Grealish are putting together here. Um, so there's this there's that element to it. Um, but also, I think he'd be he'd be you know fiddling up snowballs real quick, so I could be chucking them at people, um, and <laughs> and that I think is is the key here because you want to just do the fun bits in a snowball fight. You don't want to have to do the hard yards, uh, and he'd do the hard yards for me. So James McCarthy's uh, the fourth person to get an invite to the party. Yeah, I like that. Nice. I like that. I mean, yeah. yours yours as predicted by me silently at the start of the show your party is threatening to become the Irish festivities that I, I presumed it would end up being in with, with, with Grisha McCarthy and you. With Kepa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kepa's... <laughs> Look, this is the tonic that Kepa needs for all his troubles. Um, and there is one last thing. It says, who tells jokes worse than those in a cracker? 
Um, and Dean, I'm going to come to you. Your last person. Look, I've never heard him actually tell a joke, but I have been in a couple of you know small press briefings with him, and I'm going Gareth Southgate. Yeah, I think, uh, I think his jokes would be rubbish. <laughs> I nearly went Frank Lampard because he always does that thing in presses where he tells something, then he says something, he goes, only joking, and then says something else, and it wasn't funny in the first place, and I could just guess the pattern of his joke. But no, Gareth Southgate's jokes would be a shocker. Yeah, absolutely right. There, Sam? Well, yeah, so I narrowed this down to any of the German national team because uh, without wishing to generalise, there isn't a single funny German out there. But if it has to be a member of my Christmas party, then I'm going to have to pick one of the German national team. And I'm actually going to go for Leon Goretzka because Goretzka has has been a real social activist um, recently. Yeah, I was going to say, shouts out Leon Goretzka, what guy? He speaks out against the far right and stands up for those that need it and is very outspoken as a footballer. He's essentially German football's Marcus Rashford. And I'd like to spend a day with a man like that. And maybe he could also, if he, you know, if we vibe, he could share his diet plan so I can get just as ripped as him. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's it's quite a sensible strategy here. I, I like how much thought you put into this, Sam. Hmm. Um, I'm going to finalize my party by sticking to the theme, uh, and I'm bringing in Roy Keane here because uh, I think Roy Keane would be an incredible addition to a Christmas party. He would say things that he didn't mean to be funny, that we would be finding absolutely hilarious. He would be telling terrible jokes that nobody found funny, but you'd have to laugh because you'd be terrified of what he'd do if you didn't <laughs> laugh. But I also think he'd be great crack and we, we'd all have a good time. So, uh, And also I'd like to see him you know, fight Jack Grealish about the fact that he didn't declare for Ireland. So we, oh. we'd, we'd be having lots of fun. And everyone, get, everyone, after a few beers, would be getting a bit leery. And then I think all of that would help distract Kepper from his woes. So, so actually, we've done, a, we've done a lot of good at my Christmas party, as well as getting, getting a good old time for everyone involved. So, nice. so yeah, there yeah, we I are. I think well, Daniel Sturridge would be looking at this, being like, what is going on here? Like, yeah. why, why, why am I here? What am I doing at this party? <laughs> so Jack, Jack's, gone for, Jack's gone for Sturridge, Kepper, Grealish, McCarthy, and Roy Keane. Dino's taken Van Dyke, Bellerin, Jorginho, Peter Schmeichel, and Gareth Southgate. <laughs> and I've got Tim Ream, Justin Clivert, John McGinn, Edward Mendy, and Leon Goretzka. That is a bizarre mix of people. Yeah, you've got a strange part. You're going to have to be doing quite hard work on the social no, mix. I, th- no, I, think, I think John McGinn ties it all together. He's just so lovable. Oh. John McGinn is a lovable man, uh, and I, I do agree with that. So, um, so yeah, well, these Christmas parties are going to be live. Let's move on to another question. Uh, this is from Luke Shaw. Uh, not the Man United left back, S-H-O-R-E. Um, and he says, have you guys got any good Christmas present stories from when you were kids? Now, Sam, I'm going to I imagine, I just in my head, you have one. So I'm going to you first. I, I actually don't. But I did. A, I mean, I did have a miscommunication with my mum when I asked her um, because Luke sent the question in ahead of time. And I, I text my mum and I copied and pasted the question, which was, do you have any funny stories about presents when you were a kid? And I said, mum, I've been asked this, copied and pasted it. And she misconstrued what was happening and thought that I was asking her for funny stories about her childhood. And that that was back in like 1960. And they just got given a sock with an orange in it and they didn't have any heating. And she said it was so cold in the house that, you know, she'd run out, get the sock, get the apple or the orange or maybe a bit of chocolate and run back under the covers and and take a look at it there because it was so cold. And, you know, my mum obviously didn't have a great childhood. And uh, I was like, well, that's taken a turn because I was... (laughs) Sort of hope, hope, hoping really for funny stories about me opening presents as a four-year-old. Uh, 
And I didn't get that at all. I got a really sad story about uh, a girl in the 1960s who couldn't afford shoes. So no, I don't really have a good story, guys. I mean, I to be fair, I was a model child, perfect son. Um, there were never any implosions or tears. I would ask for a very reasonable list of gifts. I would often get what I asked for. I therefore never got upset. Um, so yeah, there's, there's not a lot from me there. The only thing I can say is that I used to get so excited about Christmas that from the age of four, my parents used to have to basically drug me to go to sleep. They used to slip grenadine into my lemonade and booze me up to the point where I fell asleep because I just wouldn't shut up. <laughs> I think I just get used to it. Like, right, I have a brandy. Yeah, we go yeah. bed. I was like, right, okay. Dean, what about you? Well, the only present I can remember that I just was bewildered by, really, I was about... 13 or 14 you know you have those like aunts and uncles that aren't really aunts and uncles yeah and you barely ever see or hear from them and then for some reason or another they always send you a present which is really kind of them but completely unnecessary and in this case really was unnecessary they sent me a pogo stick (laughs) (laughs) they literally hadn't seen me for probably two or three years I was 13 14 like getting to that awkward stage and they've sent me a pogo stick now (laughs) what do you do with that? And I remember like, cause my Christmases are quite big and we have like, I don't know, it's like 15, 16 people sat around like watching you open your present. Not yet. Not this year, sunshine. Not this year. No. Um, but, so they were everyone, all eyes on me and everyone starts laughing and you're kind of laughing along, but you're also like a bit disappointed. And I just did not, what do you do with a pogo? Cause you're obviously not going to be able to use it because you don't know how to do it. So I remember having a quick go just to try and make people laugh and just fell over and what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, at age, age 14, you're not really looking for a pogo stick, are you? No, no, you're not. So... Age, four, age 14, I'd have wanted 20 cigarettes, ideally. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I've got one which is a, a good story and it doesn't even involve me being a child. I was good, you know, a good 18, 19 when I got this. Um, I got Ooh. a golf club. Oh. Uh, which is nice um and so i pulled it out and unwrapped it and i was like fantastic i've been, been did you know it. what it was before you unwrapped it was it a golf club shape uh yeah it was a golf club shape i'd asked for it i knew what it was uh, it was how a, did they wrap up a golf club you know with with, with great difficulty i imagine um mm. and so i was like excellent this is a you know the pitching wedge i was after so you know happy as larry and um I unwrapped it and I, you know, obviously you get there, you start to have a bit of a play of like, we just like pretend to, to hit a few balls. What I forgot was that the light in my living room is a hang down light in the middle of the room. And I pulled the golf club back as if I was going to swing it and smashed the chandelier light above my head. <laughs> and so Christmas morning, everyone's in their pajamas, got this golf club and there is raining glass. <laughs> um, uh, and I ruined Christmas by breaking a light. And was like, well, now we've got to get a new light. And we had to like spend an hour hoovering the living yeah. room. It cost way more than the golf club. Absolutely. So um, oh, that was that was a bad Shocker. one. Yeah, that yeah. was a pretty pretty melon of the week moment for me. That actually. was very melonish. That was my uh, melon, of, melon Christmas. of Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Young Christmas melon over here. And um, there was a second part to Luke's question. He said, is that you got any last minute Christmas present recommendations? Um, it's a tough question. But uh, I, I'm going to start with you, Sam. Binoculars? Binoculars? Herbie <laughs> Sam over there. <laughs> Here he is. Here he is. <laughs> <laughs> I know when you might need him. <laughs> Absolute train spotter. Samter. Sam, creepy Samter over there. 
Um, right, we'll move swiftly yeah. on from that, Dean. Have you got anything? I suggest that you all go and buy somebody a subscription to our Patreon. Ah, um, there you he can is. At any time, even on Christmas morning, you just get, need their email address and you use your card to sign them up. And then, uh, yeah, I, th- I think people should be doing that. I think we've missed the trick, actually, by not encouraging this before, like, Christmas Eve Eve for people to be getting subscriptions as as Christmas presents but here you go if you're desperate to get a present for yourself or for somebody else they love football you love football come and get involved Mondays and Fridays there you are Dean absolute snake oil salesman our favorite <laughs> of the lot it's Christmas why not yeah treat someone with Patreon um and our last question for today uh, it's from Chandler it says all right ranks Christmas is here and Santa is coming to offer you any of his elves to help your team succeed in the second half of the season which player under five foot eight my height no sh- no hate for short kings do you sign for your club and why price is no object it's a Christmas miracle just for you um I mean it's a great it's a great Christmas miracle Sam who, who are you bringing in um well, with Messi aside, the mm. most fun. No one can pick Messi. The, yeah, don't pick most, Messi. It's boring. The most fun and interesting player that I can think of that is that height or shorter is Marcos Antonio, Brazilian midfielder for Shakhtar Donetsk, who is an absolute Rolls Royce of a playmaker. And I don't know where he's going theoretically, but I mean, any club in the world could find a use for Marcos Antonio. What a wonderful footballer! Yeah, absolutely. Dean, who are you bringing in? Stefano Sensi. Gets two mentions in one pod. Five foot six, lovely little player. Could do with him at Fulham. Yeah, we could. Although our midfield's all right. Actually, where Fulham are lacking is a little bit of um, firepower up top. Sticking through um, the sticking through the middle up top, he'd still do better than whoever else we're playing there. And I'm going to steal Lorenzo Insigne from oh, from Napoli. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I feel bad stealing him because this is quite an important season for Napoli, and he, yeah. you know, he's the captain. He's a Neapolitan. It's yeah. important for him to to play for the club this season, but. You know, all circumstances aside, I also need Fulham to stay up. And I think the Lorenzo Insigne would go a long way to. Well, to the good news is happen. we both get to pick one. So we get Sensi and we get Insigne because we support the same team. So that's the right result. Uh, we'd love to hear your ones on this rank squad. Which um, which elf are you bringing into your uh, your side to, to make oh things good? Oh my God, I can just start to vision now that Dylan's going to start to expect me to dress up as an elf at some point, isn't he? Or something like that. Yeah. Take and dress oh, up as Santa no. and you can dress up as her elf. Oh, no. <laughs> Next year, we're going to actually have to do this. Sam's going to dress up as Santa and we can dress up as as, as two elves and that will be the ranked Christmas And we'll visit card. all our listeners yeah, in one night. One night. <laughs> It's um, it's going to be difficult, but we'll uh, we'll make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and with that, we're pretty much done, boys. The uh, it's Christmas. Christmas. We've got it's... one more Christmas show to do. We're a little one on Patreon, but apart from that, we've got one going out on Christmas Day on Patreon for all the people who are you know having having a great time on Christmas and, well, uh, and people look, order Christmas so they want to listen to something else and they listen to us. Yeah, which is which is exactly basically having a great time, right? That's that that's is a great truth. present in itself, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, look, Christmas is is a time for football. I know, you know, everyone talks about Christmas being different things, but ultimately, there's so many games on Boxing Day. This week, we've got games Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Boxing Day, you know, next Monday. It's fantastic. There's loads of football on. And I'm not working Boxing Day for the first time in forever. And I'm really, really excited about it. 
Oh, so there was some some good has come from leaving VR. I knew it would. <laughs> I've got <laughs> I can actually watch the well, I mean I was watching the games on Boxing Day, but I'd have to tweet about them. I mean I probably will on, on oh. our account anyway. But uh, so, not, so, not, so nothing's changed. No, but I get to do it of my own volition this time. Yeah. I That's felt like the that. Key. Like, obviously in my old job before I was at VR, I was actually having to go to the games. Like I was I was a match reporter. So for ten years, maybe more, every single boxing day. I was gone all day and it's just rubbish to be honest. Also, like, wasn't like, like managers have to do press conferences on Christmas Day sometimes, don't no, they? Like so what like they well, they don't do on Christmas Day. What you typically get is around the 23rd, quite often you'd go to a club's presser and they would kind of they'd do the first section, they do it like day by day. The que- you ask some questions, right? These are to be released on Christmas Eve, these are to be released on Christmas Day, these are to and it it's, all gets a bit of a muddle, really. It's not a lot of fun, but um yeah, it is great when you can just watch Boxing Day football for fun and with a drink at home. It's, it's all right to go to Boxing Day football as a fan. Obviously, we can't do it this year. Um, and that, we can't even go to non-league. Fun. I was I was really hoping yeah. to be down Hamwell Town if with Fulham weren't. If I were even, great. I, Having I was a beer supposed, and watching Boxing Day football is great. I had a ticket to the cottage, but I was supposed to be going. And then yeah. obviously that got cancelled. And I was like, well, OK, well, at least I can go to Hamwell. And then they cancelled all of Tier 8 as well. So I can't... Um... Lads, who knows how long we're going to be in these tiers and when we can actually go to a football match again. I really thought there was light at the end of the tunnel. And now, I don't think we get to game this season. I'm really starting to get very, very concerned. Yeah, I'm Smokey too. Robinson once said, tears of a clown. Listen to this, okay? Last thing. I did, I did a little survey where it said, I wanted to see, like, what chance have I got of getting this vaccine, right? So I did it. You are behind 37 million people in the vaccine queue. Based on a predicted rollout of 1 million doses a week and a take up rate of 80%, you should get the vaccine in June 2021. It doesn't... Dude, you don't need the vaccine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter. You're well, going to need to travel and stuff, aren't you? If I'm going to go to um, Milan or something to watch this game that I want to get to before the end of the season, I reckon they're going to start doing vaccine checks. I'm just um, not going to get it. Maybe we'll maybe just barge to the front of the queue and shout, I am the melon maestro. Give me I the am the law. <laughs> I always inject myself with melon juice. Is that the same? <laughs> Who knows? Might Who knows? And and I feel like I feel like we've come to the end of the show here. Um, shout out to everybody doing the vaccines, like my mum. Yeah. So uh, obviously well proud of Massive my mum. Shouts out. Um, and shouts out to everyone over this Christmas period. Look, it's not going to be... The Christmas I think we'd all hoped for or, or dreamed of, but it, you know, it's still Christmas and there's still a lot going on and there's a lot of football and a lot of things to enjoy. But if you are struggling or you are alone over this Christmas period, please do make sure to reach out. You can, you know, always DM any of us uh, on the Rag Squad account or on socials. And we know it's a, a funny old time of year, especially given the the current circumstances. So do remember that, you know, this is a this is a Rag Squad family. We appreciate you and, and you're never alone. Um and and do kind of reach out if you feel like you're struggling over this period we love you all very very much we hope you have wonderful christmases we hope you have wonderful festive periods and new years we'll be back next week we'll be back on friday uh, for those of you who are patrons and all that's left for me to do is say thank you and merry christmas to mr sam tai cheers buddy merry christmas love you love you too thank you and merry christmas mr dean jones cheers mate happy christmas rank squad hope you all have a great one 
And uh, I've been Jack Collins. This has been Ranks FC. Thank you for listening. We hope you have a wonderful time over the next few weeks. Enjoy the football and we will see you on the other side. Take it easy, Rank Squad. Peace. Fair play and fair value. It's what playing at William Hill is all about. William Hill. It's who you play with. Gamble responsibly. 